Gamble on, fellas. Gamble on. <laughs> Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, US Bets Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, US Bets Senior Analyst, Diamond Jeff Edelstein. And Jeff, I discovered a guy on TikTok. Uh, well, I, I discovered him on Twitter. I, I wouldn't know how to watch a TikTok. Uh, but I discovered a guy whose TikTok name is at 25 legs, and his thing is making 25-leg parlays like the one he hit not long ago that paid plus 150. <laughs> it was six NBA SGPs combined, two to six legs on each game, every leg at huge minus odds, like LeBron to get at least four rebounds and Jimmy Butler to get at least two assists. Now, Jeff, you're, you're a man who likes to parlay. You like to do SGPs. You like to do SGP pluses. I need to know your thoughts on this guy. Are you disgusted by what he does? Do you respect the hustle somewhere in between? I, I mean, good, good for him. But uh, I, you know, I, it just seems to, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm not a professional gambler here, but it seems like running out 25 leg parlays to win 150, you know, plus 150 is probably suboptimal long term. Yeah. I mean, blowouts, injuries, you know, uh, who knows what could happen. Um, having said that, I'm 100% going to try that tonight for the NBA <laughs> slate. Uh, how could I not after you telling me? Uh, it's all I can do to keep my focus on the podcast and not open up the app right now. <laughs> oh man, that's that that troubles me to hear that because I mean I don't recommend <laughs> I don't recommend anyone trying this. Uh, you know, you're paying 25 vigs in a single bet. Uh, yeah. But but I was especially thinking you shouldn't try it, Jeff, because the pain of going 24 for 25, 24 25. is just not worth yeah, it. <laughs> so no, I, I, I'm not I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I was kidding. Okay. It. Mostly, but the reason I'm not going to do it, just the, the, the time plus effort is too much for me. That's true. That That's it, it's it, it's not a quick the people who are into the I'm going to make a quick parlay while I'm sitting on the toilet. And, uh, you know, and right. this is like you can't even get this parlay done in the time that you're spending on the. Well, I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions about how long one spends on the toilet. But the point is what sure, you just sure. said is this one takes a while <laughs> to build. It's a lot of effort and time. So I, I actually used to do something vaguely like this um FanDuel used to have a recurring promo where if you bet at least four legs on an SGP and if and yeah, all yeah. but one leg hits you get a refund right. um right. so this was uh during NBA season in like 2019 2020 thereabouts um this was before Ben Simmons totally sucked at basketball and a lot of the Sixers production very reliably went through Embiid Simmons and Tobias Harris so I would take those low-end stats that they were like 90% likely to hit, like 20 points for Embiid, 15 for Harris, 10 for Simmons, 8 rebounds for Embiid, 6 assists for Simmons, stuff like that. I would find four of those that seemed decently priced, and it would be like a plus 125 or so parlay, which was bad value without the promo, but given how unlikely it was that more than one leg would fail, you know, I was going for four for four about half the time and three for four, like 40% of the time, it was a winning play in the long term. So so similar concept to Mr. 25 Legs, but uh, a little less pathetic, I like to think. 
Yeah, no, I think you're a little less pathetic. I think that I think that's fair. <laughs> no, I mean that uh, four. I mean four leg parlays. I mean this, I do those. You know, that's I could knock three of those out on the toilet. <laughs> All right. I think I, I suppose that's probably enough. Uh, enough talk of what we do on the toilet, uh, betting wise or otherwise. For today. For, for today. today. Yeah, for today. Yeah. Save some. Got to save some for next week. Yeah. Always leave them wanting more, Eric. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you to everyone uh, for joining us for episode number 230 of Gamble On, especially after what you've endured to this point. Uh, if you missed any of our previous 229 episodes, they're all available on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast apps. Rate, review, subscribe, and of course, uh, follow us on TikTok at Diamond Jeff and at Red Hot Rasky. All right, listen, coming up a little bit later, we are going to be joined by New York State Senator Joseph Adabo. He's going to be talking about his uh, iCasino bill. We're also going to be talking about uh, tax rates on the sports books and what's going to happen there. Uh, but first, Eric, as always, plenty of news to get through. Here's your Gamble On News of the Week, an inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling. Let's start with the most interesting industry story of the week, if not necessarily the most impactful. It's about a minor league baseball player, Pete Bayer, who is 27 years old and hasn't gotten past single A ball, an athlete we were destined never to hear of until he drew attention last week to his suspension from MLB. Bayer has been suspended since the beginning of the 2021 season for, according to him, betting on, quote, a few MLB games at legal mobile sports books in Colorado during the 2020 COVID year while the minor league season wasn't happening. He was ineligible through 2021 and 2022 and says he was fully cooperative and was told he could re apply for reinstatement after the 2022 World Series, which he did, but he remained suspended. MLB extended it another season. Bayer said in sharing this news on social media that the suspension will likely cause his playing career to end. Sports Handles' Mark Saxon got a comment from MLB which said, after a thorough investigation, it was determined that Mr. Bayer repeatedly bet on baseball in violation of Major League Rule 21 and MLB's policy on sports betting and engaged in other misconduct that was not in the best interest of baseball. Bayer hinted that he thinks it's personal, that the so-called other misconduct is him speaking out against low wages for minor leaguers. Jeff, how much empathy do you have for Bayer here? And is there a case that he has supplanted Miles Austin as the most unreasonably overpenalized person for breaking a league's sports betting rules? Uh, you know what me and Pete Bayer have in common? What's that? We, we never really had much hope of making the major leagues. Um, <laughs> having said that, I guess it's overkill. But, I mean, who knows what the other misconduct was? You know, we're not right. privy to that. We're, we only hear on his side. Uh, but I guess I reckon the rule of, quote, you know, don't bet on the same sport you play, dummy. Uh, end quote, uh, is basically all we need to look at here. Um, and so really whatever the punishment's going to be, so be it. Uh, you know, I, listen, if, if this was Mike Trout, I, I guess it probably wouldn't be a three year suspension or whatever, but right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't have, we don't have all the details. We're never going to have all the details. Um, and no, Miles Austin to me is still the most, uh, over penalized person in all this poor Miles Austin. Well, he was playing some I casino bet on NBA and got banned. <laughs> That's yeah. Nonsense, but no, I think th this is you can't bet on the you, you cannot bet on the sport you play. This is one on one here, right? 
Yeah. Even the, saying that, though, th this is still kind of a tough one to judge without knowing all the facts in terms of whether it's gone too far. Um, if Bayer is telling the truth that, that he made a few bets during a tough time in 2020 when he was unemployed, you know, terrible judgment to bet on baseball at all. But if that's all he did, he has more than paid the price for it. I think this is ridiculous to yeah, extend yeah. it. But MLB seems to be suggesting it was more than a few bets or that he's done other stuff. So it's hard for me to judge whether the league is being unfair. I certainly agree with you that the Miles Austin penalty was worse because it's based on an inane rule, uh, you know, that an employee can't bet on other sports on top of the one he works in. That's silly. Right. Uh, but I, I do feel really bad for Bayer. Uh, you know, it's quite possible that he is being railroaded and, uh, you know, look, COVID stole a year of every minor leaguer's playing window, and to have three years taken away in your mid-20s, that's it. You're, you're never getting those back. You know, now that I'm old and washed and my body can't do any of the things it used to do very well, uh, I have that much more appreciation for that window when you're at your physical peak. So even if Bayer did worse stuff than we know and is in the wrong here, I still feel bad for him, and and you can't rule out that MLB is just making an example of him for some combination of betting. Uh, you know, he's kind of like Josh Shaw from the Arizona Cardinals, an, an inconsequential player that you can suspend and nobody will care. Some combination of betting and complaining about low pay. Maybe he did both of those things, and it's two birds, one stone, penalize this guy and make every minor leaguer reluctant to rock the boat. Yeah, I mean, we, again, we we just don't know like all the details here, but right. uh, lesson learned, folks: don't bet on the sport you play. Right. That that is definitely the the main lesson I mean, to take away. Right. That, I mean, <laughs> like this is this is not you know you you just can't do it. You know. Right. I I think that, but I think two things can be true. I think it can be true that you're an idiot for doing it, and you deserve to d deserve a suspension, but also to say that maybe the exp the suspensions are going. Too far. too far. I mean, all these leagues seem to be suspending these guys excessively in the name of protecting the integrity of the game. But then, oh, by the way, a World Series title a few years ago may have been determined by sign stealing and banging trash cans. And it's, oh, well, what, what are you going to do? You know, uh, so selective integrity. I'm going to coin that term to describe yeah, sports league know. attitudes and policies. It's a whole nother discussion, but cheating and baseball are like it's a that's that's a long time. I mean, it's part of the game. Uh, All right, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop because <laughs> I, 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 it, it, but like you know, it goes. I mean, the 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 high tech cheating and the you know, right. or, or the, that's that's too far. But like you know, stealing signs like this is you know you don't think they were doing this in 1920? Yeah, it's it's just it. it I don't know when it's whenever I hear the word integrity thrown around, it annoys me because it's. Uh, they feel very strongly about integrity sometimes, and okay, uh, and other fair. times it's just, uh, oh well, what are you going to do? So, all right, uh, let's move on. Uh, our our next story uh, here would be of interest to Vegas Dave uh, and perhaps to his long lost cousin Diamond Jeff. Uh, <laughs> legislators in both Maryland and West Virginia have introduced legislation aimed at auditing betting touts and keeping those who aren't necessarily honest about their track record from operating in the state. West Virginia delegate Clay Riley, who introduced the bill in his state, told Sports Handles Bennett Conlin in somewhat vague terms, the people who are really good actors and doing good things and handicapping really well, they should be rewarded. The people who are skewing results and not being completely honest, that's not good for the industry. Uh, the goal is, quote, consumer protection, Riley said, and a Maryland bill introduced by State Senator Craig Zucker looks similar. 
Jeff, should regulators be cracking down on touts, or does your libertarian side say touts have every right to find suckers? Uh, and do you think regulators can come up with wording specific enough to make this something that can actually be cracked down on? In other words, is it possible to define who's a real handicapper and who's a fraud? I mean, I think it's possible, right? I mean, if if, if you force these guys to, uh, you know, file like their picks with the state, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they and they have records of it, so it's possible. I don't think it's ever going to get to that point. I don't think it's going to go that far. So and I think it would be kind of hard to crack down on. And yeah, I guess you're right. My libertarian side does start peeking through a little bit. Uh, listen, I I get twenty thousand scam calls a day. There they there 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 must be money in it. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So these these touts, there must be money in it. They're finding a sucker. So I, I don't know if you're stupid enough to you know bet based on you know to pay somebody for your picks uh, that that aren't like tracking it. Then I don't know. I think that's on you. There's plenty of reputable sites out there. I mean we got scores and odds. You know part of our sister you know site. Mm-hmm. You know and when you go to their picks, they have their records on there. They tell you right. exactly how they're doing. You know in the sport that they're playing. So I mean you, if you want, you know you want to roll the dice with somebody who's a tout. Go ahead, but uh, you know, you, if you're going to do it and not, you know, do it at a place where they're they're publicly sharing their, you know, their their records and like their picks, then that's on you. Yeah, I I guess my first question here, with just with the legislation uh, and the what they're trying to crack down on, you know, if some tout lives in say Vegas and and runs his operation out of Vegas. How are you going to stop him from providing picks to a customer in West Virginia or, or Maryland? And Great so point. I don't know if the legislation is just meant to prevent a Maryland-based tout or a West Virginia-based tout from running a business. But it, so if that's all it does, I guess that doesn't accomplish much. Certainly, you know, accountability for people giving out picks is paramount. Um you know, you and I, we're very much not touts here uh, on the podcast, but but when Speak we do for yourself. <laughs> Uh, Well, all right, we'll get to it later in the bankroll as to uh, who this week can claim some toutiness and who can't. But uh, but I mean, they don't they don't call me Diamond Jeff for nothing. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not entirely clear on the they part. Right. I was about to say they don't call you Diamond Jeff could have been the whole sentence there. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, The thing with our bankroll segment, though, is at the very least, it's the picture of accountability. You know, we have a full week by week breakdown of every pretend penny won and lost. Um, So. So, yeah, conceptually, I love the idea of some sort of oversight that requires anyone selling picks to do the same. I'm just not sure how totally trackable it is if a, a tout doesn't submit to tracking. But, I mean, to some extent, this ties in with basically your stance on it, tracking these people, finding the frauds, it's just common sense. Um, you know, if, if he says he wins 70% of the time, he's a fraud. End of story. Right. If he right. says he wins 55% of the time, then maybe he's legit. Um, so, so to me, mostly, I think it should be about educating the public. I, these bills are well-intentioned, but instead, maybe some of the tax revenue in every state should be put toward educating betters about touts and how they operate and how to spot a scammy one. Maybe that would be a better use of everyone's time. I miss the old 900 numbers back when I was in high school. <laughs> Did you ever used to call them? I would call them, yeah. I mean, they were fun. I, mean, I can't remember what the name of it. There was like this blue sheet of paper that... Ah, uh, it was just great, you know, because you, I mean, you know, this, you couldn't get any information anywhere. So yeah, I'd call the touts every once in a while to see what they had to say, and then you know, I'm sure what they do is they give you, you know, the Giants mortal lock, and the Giants were playing the Eagles that week, and you call back later that day, the Eagles mortal lock, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's like the the classic example is the uh, reach out to 16 people and give right. eight of them one side and eight the other. And then four of the winners get uh, one side the next week. And, and by the end of it, you've got two people for whom you just hit three in a row and they think yeah. that you can see the future. But yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, let's head to the southeast region for our third story this week as there's movement toward possibly legalizing sports betting in Georgia and online betting specifically in North Carolina. In Georgia, there are three separate bills that had or will have hearings this week, one of which, SB 57, moved through a Senate committee on Monday evening and could soon receive a full vote in the Senate. That bill is unique in that it also seeks to sanction horse racing betting in the state. Another couple paired bills are expected to be discussed in committee after our recording of this podcast on Thursday. Meanwhile, in North Carolina, Governor Roy Cooper told assembled reporters over the weekend that a new mobile bill will be filed soon and that, quote, I think it's going to pass from what I hear. North Carolina already allows retail betting at its two tribal casinos, uh, but not mobile. Last year, a mobile betting bill lost in the House by one vote, 51 to 50. Uh, Jeff, any new takes on the likelihood of passage in Georgia, North Carolina? And is this a case where they go together to some degree? If one passes, it helps push the other toward passage as nearby states try to keep up with one another? Yeah, I mean, as usual, Eric, I really don't have anything particularly intelligent to add to the conversation <laughs> here when it comes to matters of state legislation. But I al- allow me at least to say this. Okay. To the to the rest of the to North Carolina legislators, to Georgia legislators, to legislators in other states where we all know you're going to eventually pass sports betting legislation, and you're just like you know arguing behind the scenes about it. Hurry the fuck up. Just let's come on. <laughs> Plenty of states have done this successfully. There's yeah. blueprints out there. Pick one, copy paste. The end. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I guess North Carolina looks good here. I'm, it looks like Georgia is coming close to getting this done, though, from my research, Marjorie Taylor Greene hasn't weighed in yet. So we'll have to wait to see what she thinks. Right. I don't know. Just let's come on. Just do it. We all know what's happening. What are we waiting for? <laughs> so uh, what? how long have we been podcasting together now? I guess about four months or so, something like oh, that, yeah. um, that I, I've started to pick up on, on uh, certain trends and uh, certain, <laughs> certainly whenever I put in the in the outline for the news topics, uh, state states considering the latest legislation or state revenue reports, I can like feel you sighing from across the Internet that like uh, I'm going to have to try to think of something to say about this. Well, yeah, because here's what here's what to say about both of them. State re- revenue reports. They went up. Oh, yeah. People <laughs> like to gamble. No shit. State legislature, you know, contemplating a sports betting bill. Yeah, no shit. Just fucking pass it already. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the, the, it's the truth, though. I mean, I right. know. I listen. I understand these are important topics. Right. Right. Like, we not, have to. We have to cover them to no, some extent. I'm not, dis- right. I'm not okay. discounting it. Yes. But yeah, like the. I I think at this point, like at, at we know what sports betting is in, as a country at this point, and these state legislatures who are pussyfooting around, like you're going to pass it eventually. Like it's going to happen in. Every state but what? Hawaii and Idaho, probably? And Utah? U- Utah, yeah. I'm not, is, is, is Idaho one of the ones that people are saying has I, no chance? I hadn't yeah, necessarily heard that. It's, but okay. yeah, he- heavy Mormon population there as well. You know? okay. But we, the, we're going to pass the, the other states. Just do it already. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I, really? I, I, right. I, know, I know that's like a juvenile take, but it's no, it doesn't make it any less true. I I much prefer exasperated Jeff Edelstein over Diamond Jeff Edelstein. <laughs> this is my favorite side of your personality, right, I think. Well, change, change, you can change my nickname. Then. <laughs> All right, next episode, Jeff. yes. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, I will uh, give a, a few takes quickly on this, uh, much as you would love to just move on to the interview. I'll, I will uh, say that uh, North Carolina sure feels like a slam dunk at this point with everyone expressing confidence that it missed by one vote last year and they already have retail betting. So it's not some zero to 60 leap that they're making here. So I, I think we can fairly safely pencil in North Carolina to actually pass this year. And I have found that there tends to be a regional chain reaction with these things. We, we saw it in the Northeast. We saw it in that Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Iowa, whatever you want to call that. I don't know, some combination of the Midwest and the Rust Belt. Um, so the Southeast is one of the few regions still with a bunch of states left to check off. And the likelihood of North Carolina passing does, I think, increase the likelihood of Georgia passing. And meanwhile, there's now a new bill in Kentucky that's sort of kind of part of the same region. So it, it sure feels to me like 2023 is the year the Southeast falls in line and uh, Jeff gets a, a little less exasperated about all this. Well, that was, that was actually a very intelligent take. Now I feel stupid. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview. The last time we had this week's guest on the podcast, almost exactly a year ago, he was taking a victory lap on the legalization and launch of mobile sports betting in New York. Now he joins us with a new gambling legalization mission that he hopes will lead to an even bigger victory lap. He is the author of Senate Bill 4856, a measure to legalize online casino in New York, Joseph Adabo Jr. Senator Adabo, welcome back to Gamble On. Eric and Jeff, good morning. Good morning. So I'll dive right in with the obvious question. How confident are you that this can pass in 2023? And what are the biggest obstacles to it passing? Well, you know, again, we just started our budget process. And so uh, even if it doesn't go this year, we are laying the groundwork because uh, iGaming or online gaming in New York, it's not a question of if it happens, but when it's going to happen, you know, and the state always needs revenue. Uh, and the idea here is it's going to take a year at least to get it up and running. So I'll be optimistic a little bit, but uh, also a realist that if it doesn't happen this year, uh, certainly it could happen next year. Okay, yeah, I was I was curious about that. What the the most optimistic possible timeline is? So so there is a a chance for this year, but even if it passes this year, I assume it wouldn't launch until twenty twenty four. Exactly right. Exactly, and I'll tell you why there's a possibility of it going this year, at least legislatively. You know, in her in her executive budget, our our governor uh, made a proposal that she would take the three downstate licenses. And she would take the not only the license fee, the one-shot license fee, but also the ongoing tax revenue and shift it from education to the MTA. Uh, that's not something that I can really accept. Not that I don't want to help the MTA, but I can't take you know, money from the education because our gaming industry in New York has given education roughly $4 billion a year. And so I made a, a counterproposal that, you know, instead of taking money that's already earmarked for education, how about new revenue? How about a product that we don't have in New York that's not earmarked for anything at this point, and that's iGaming. And we can do it quicker than the three downstate licenses before they get enacted. So if she wants more money, actually, because it's more significant than the downstate licenses. So she wants re significant revenue quicker, and we can earmark it for MTA, it would be iGaming. And, and is that an angle that you think uh, will help influence uh... Uh, some of your fellow legislators to, to vote for this bill, that, that that's something that you think would appeal to a lot of them, knowing that this money could go toward the MTA? 
It's possible, sure. Um, and there's other factors too that, again, my colleagues who are very concerned, as I am always, about the addiction. Well, we saw mobile sports betting. We seem to have addressed the addiction issue because now we're helping New Yorkers that we didn't know might have had an addiction because they were going to Jersey or Pennsylvania or doing it illegally. Once you regulate mobile sports betting in New York, now you can help them. Similarly with iGaming, we know New Yorkers are doing iGaming in New York. They're just doing it in other states or doing it illegally. So once again, if you want to help a New Yorker, regulate iGaming in New York. This way you can monitor their activity and help them and identify those who need the help. You know, speaking of that, um, you know, there's a I'm checking my notes here. There's an island south of Albany. I think it's called Manhattan. Uh, a few national <laughs> a few national media members live there, I'm told. Uh, and I'm guessing that once online casino passes in New York, uh, we're going to see a repeat of what happened when what when sports betting passed in New York, which was the national media catching on and getting their hands all twisted and all in a tizzy about, you know, the, 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 the risks involved. Uh, I casino. Personally speaking, it seems like it's even a little bit more riskier. Um, and so I would assume the national media will sink their teeth into that as well. So what what guardrails do you think in like a, a perfect world um, should be in place for online casino? Uh, I, I agree. Jeff, you know, the idea here is I think we have to be more conscious of the issues of problematic gaming or addiction with online gaming as opposed to mobile sports betting. But it's dealt with in two ways. One, uh, funding. So how much money, it's not so much how much money, but how it's spent. Uh, peer-to-peer counseling, 24-hour live operator, these things that we are talking about. And with the iGaming, there's an additional $11 million just for uh, addiction programs. So we did $6 million for mobile. We're doing $11 million for iGaming. So we're identifying the need. Not only the money, but secondarily, the legislative language. Making sure there's safety measures and protocols that are in the language of the bill. And there are, there's 12, actually. And this is capping accounts, this is capping credit card usage, this is reporting, this is self-exclusion. So we do it on both both ways, both money, monetarily funding, and also legislative language. But to make sure that everyone understands that the issues of problem gaming are on the forefront as a priority whenever we expand gaming in New York. Sounds like you're ready for the New York Times editorial board. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let, let's talk tax rates, Senator. Um, you've proposed 30.5% for iCasino. Um, you've also been toying with lowering the sports betting tax rate from its current 51%. Uh, do you feel all of these rates should be open for revision as things go along and as the state tries to find the amounts that benefit the state most while also allowing operators to thrive? Uh, not, not only the tax rate, but any aspect of any any gaming in New York, we show we stand ready to improve. That's what New Yorkers deserve. They deserve the best product uh, possible. So even with mobile sports betting, the number one product in the country right now in New York, um, we should stand ready to try to improve it, adding new elements to it. But I don't see the tax rate being adjusted. You have the number one product in the country right now. We just broke another record nationally in January for the month of January. So I don't see us changing the tax rate unless somebody makes a credible argument that by reducing the tax rate and even maybe by increasing the number of operators, we can increase revenue, which in turn increases educational funding. So unless somebody makes that argument, and I don't see that argument, to be honest with you, but what do I know? You know, somebody has to make that argument during the budget. And I have not heard it yet. Similarly, with, you know, iGaming, we looked at other states and I think 30.5% is competitive uh, for other state, with other states. So I, I think it's a starting point. You know, as we delve into the uh, budget negotiations, we'll see how the tax rate and other aspects of iGaming uh, evolve. 
it, it's only been about a week since you you dropped the bill uh, and and people saw that that what that number was thirty and a half percent. But in this brief amount of time, have you started to hear any pushback in one direction or the other on that number? Or do you, do you think you've arrived at a number there that should be amenable to all? No, I think they were just happy it wasn't fifty two percent. You know. I- <laughs> I think, you know, what we'll do is this, and I think it's a, it's a good strategy. You know, the bill is out there. Now we'll go back to Albany and we'll do a roundtable discussion with the industry. Uh, we'll have that in early March. See, you know, what are the concerns are, pros and cons, hopefully more pros than cons. And that's my guess. And then see if we could possibly talk about it during the budget. So the first or next step really should be a roundtable discussion on the bill. Okay. You know, back to the sports betting for a second. Um you know, you've, you've been involved in government for quite some time now. And, you know, now that, again, once, you know, you guys went ahead and legalized sports, betting the national media caught on. And now federal uh, lawmakers are catching on. There's a bill. Uh, guys out of New York, right? The, the Senator, uh, Congressman Tonko, am I? He's out of New York. I think he is, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, about banning sports betting advertising. Uh, I'm not asking about that specifically. But do, do you think as more states legalize uh, and more attention is brought to it that there's risk of, you know, the the federal government sticking their nose in this? Of course, because it's popular. <laughs> right. You know, uh, everyone wants to be a part of the game here. You know, and I think, listen, as long as it provides a better product and safety measures for uh, our residents, I have no problem with it. So I'll, I'll consider everything. And, you know, we heard about the marketing aspect and we don't want to make, we want to make sure that we're not marketing toward minders and that's part of the awareness and education part of the addiction program that we're working with OASIS, the Office of Addiction and Substance Abuse in the state, to make sure that there's outreach into communities, into high schools, into colleges, making sure that they're being protected. You know, one of the reasons why mobile sports betting, you can't bet on a college team if it's in New York, which to protect the college player uh, from any impropriety. Uh, so the idea here is we, it is on our radar. It always will be on our radar. We'll make sure it's the highest priority, like I said, as we go forward. All right, one last question for you real quick. Mets or Yankees, Senator? Mets. Thank you. God bless. <laughs> guy. Come on, I'm a uh, no, guy. just making sure. Just making sure. I don't know where you were born. You know, just making sure. Just making sure. I'm a Yankee hater. And, you know, I get jealous of, you know, my Yankee fans always try to win. Uh, but we have a good team. Always the Mets have a good team on paper in April. And then still. Yeah, August is is never a pretty month for us. But what, no. it, I I. I you know, whenever I see uh, Steve Cohen, I, I turn around and I say, thank you. Giving us hope. <laughs> he gave us hope, you know. He did. He we're did. no longer waiting for something to fall off the table, you know, and we pick up the scraps. We're the Mets now. We're on the table. You know, we're That's right. The, you know, with, with the big players. So he gave us hope. He did. Very you, good. You, you just have to figure out how to get past my Phillies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Trade turn up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I probably I, I made sure to save that for just when the interview is about to end, uh, just yeah, in case there was a big backlash to saying that. <laughs> well, uh, despite you being a Mets fan, uh, I, I enjoy talking to you uh, as always, Senator Dabo. And I guess uh, Jeff uh, enjoys talking to you that much more because you are a Mets fan. So we appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on the podcast again and, and uh, good luck with the I Casino bill. Gentlemen, really appreciate the time. Have a great day. Stay safe. Thanks so much. You got it. Thank you. Two men, $10,000. Will they run it up or blow it all? It's time to check in on the Gamble On bankroll.
Let's update our betting bankroll. And hate to be that guy, but uh, one of us did very well with his bets last week, and one of us didn't. Uh, I know the gamble on bankroll is a team game, but... It's an individual game on the weeks when I do well. Uh, anyway, here's the rundown. Uh, you tried the four-leg XFL teaser going up seven points on each game and taking all four unders. And wouldn't you know, three of the four hit. Uh, one missed by, I believe, a point and a half. Uh, we uh, lost. Uh-huh. Is that right? It was a point and a half off? That's yeah. correct. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> so we lost $50 on that. And we lost $30 on your Tony Finau bets as he finished tied for 20th. Not quite good enough. The good news is, those were all relatively small bets. Um, on my side, my play on Team Giannis to win a coin flip at plus 108 odds paid off. We won $108 on the All Star game. And on boxing, uh, my pick of Ardriel Holmes by decision at plus 210 was a winner. We profited $168 on that, though my three $10 tries on one of the fights to end in a draw failed, so I gave back 30 bucks. In all, we won $166 for the week. We're now down by $876. First time inside the $1,000 line in... I don't know how long, uh, years possibly. Um, <laughs> we also have $840 on hold in futures bets. So that leaves us with $8,284 available to bet with this week. And you're up first, Jeff. Let's add to that futures bet. Uh, one more Oscar bet for the, for the, for the world here. Now, is it going to be Spielberg again? It is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I mean, he, he's Go up ahead. to plus, he's up to plus 600 on DraftKings. I, you know, I I don't think he's going to win at this point. I think it's the day. Da- I think the Daniels are going to win, mm. but I, th- that's too much value to pass up. You know, st- I mean, there's still a lot of old Oscar voters, and from what I keep hearing, there's like this split when it comes to everything, everywhere, all at once, where older voters like aren't that into it. Spielberg, this is like his origin story. Right. I, Hollywood loves this stuff. I I I still think that there's a. I, I think plus 600 is too much is what it comes down to. I, I think, you know, I think there's a better than, you know, one in six shot here for Spielberg to win. So let's go 50 bucks more to win 300. Wow. We are we are very heavily invested in Steven Spielberg I, at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm pot committed here. But I, right. I again, I don't think it's going to happen. But like, the odds are too good. The yeah. As soon, as soon as I saw the odds adjust that much, I kind of figured Jeff's going to bet this one more time, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, this everything everywhere thing, uh, well, you know, next week, I think, is Chris Rosen, right? Oh, no, it's uh, two weeks from now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I uh, the, the everything everywhere train is like full steam ahead. Right. But I, I could see it not winning. Like, right. I could see it not winning, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I'm leaving the door open for Spielberg right. and a few other long shots that I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems reasonable at that price. And, and of course you're, uh, you know, some, some of your other bets, uh, like, uh, Austin Butler in particular are, are looking very, very promising. So, right. um, yeah, I, I forget if I gave an opinion about everything everywhere on the podcast or only privately, but, uh, I'll just note that, uh, I didn't get very far in it. I only watched about the first 25 minutes, but I was hating every second of it and, and, and turned it <laughs> off and never came back to it. So, so certainly, you know, the sample size of one, the backlash is possible, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. My first bet here as NBA returns from the all-star break. I'm going to do a bet on one of tonight's games. Uh, here's a stat for you, courtesy of an ESPN article. The San Antonio Spurs, uh, losers of 14 straight, are 4-17 and 17 against the spread this season when their opponent has an implied total over 121.5 points. Basically what this means is they don't cover against top teams very often. Uh, they play Dallas tonight. 
and they are 13 and a half point underdogs. Uh, so uh, the Mavs have an implied total of 124 and a half. This fits the criteria. I'm not usually a trend better, but this is a legit lopsided trend, four and 17. And the Mavs have Kyrie and Luka, and they can score a lot of points. And the Spurs ownership, meanwhile, does not want this team winning games. 13 and a half points is a lot, but Dallas is at home. Let's follow the trend and take them to cover the big spread. And it's a, a mere 105 to win 100 at DraftKings. So, uh, you know, bargain there. There you go. All right. I like it. Oh, you said you wanted XFL bets? Sure. I have some <laughs> yes. XFL bets for it. That's what I said, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, $50 plus 600 parlay, my friend. Oh, boy. We're going over, <laughs> over 36 and a half in tonight's Seattle-St. Louis battle. This is what I'm most worried about because it's freezing in Seattle. So, but I'm still, I'm sticking with it. Over 36 and a half, Seattle, St. Louis. Under 38 and a half in Orlando, San Antonio. Okay. And then I'm going over 40 in Houston, Arlington. Uh, 50 bucks to win 300 plus 600. Listen, Seattle threw the ball at the highest rate. They got June Jones, uh, you know, offense. They're going to be throwing the ball. Orlando is by leaps and bounds the worst team in the league. San Antonio's not far behind them based on what I saw week one. So I like the under there. And Houston-Arlington, these are two of the better teams in the league. And Houston put up big points last week, and they didn't have to. I, I, I love – that's my – might be my favorite one there. I love the over in that game. So there it is. There's my there's my XFL takes for you for the week. Do you do any thought to throwing an additional, like, 110 to win 100 just on that over 40 if you're so confident in it? Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's true. You do still have one more bet coming off. Uh, sorry. Sorry if I spoiled something. All yeah, right. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, there is some good boxing this weekend. And uh, no, I don't have much interest in betting Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Although I would say Paul by decision is the pick there if uh, any of our listeners are dying to bet it. But there's a good card on Showtime from Minneapolis Saturday night. Uh, three competitively matched fight. And the line on one of them surprised me a bit. Uh, Elvis Rodriguez versus Joseph Adorno. So, you know, you're betting on Elvis for best actor at the Oscars. Uh, I'm betting against him here. I think this fight could go either way. They're a pair of good young fighters who aren't quite living up to the hype. But Adorno fights with more hunger. He's faced the better opposition. He's ready for this. If it were even money, I would probably ever so slightly lean Adorno but it's not even money. The books have Elvis as a pretty big favorite, and uh, I'm finding Adorno as high as plus 240 at Superbook. I love that price, so let's uh, bet on the plus 240 underdog, Joseph Adorno, $70 to win 161 Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted more XFL bets? Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is actually Houston the over the over 40 in Houston, Arlington. I, re I really actually love it, uh, but I'll, I'll keep it reasonable, $100 at minus 110 Okay, okay, or 110, 110. I was going to say, let me talk you into betting the full 110 uh, just yeah, to yeah, make yeah, the yeah. math a little easier. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm. Wow, I, I fully spoiled your last bet. I, I, I apologize. No, it, it doesn't matter. No, you didn't. I mean, nobody cares about it. But it's, I, well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm paying uh, significant attention to the XFL because yeah. of Daily Fantasy. And uh, yeah, I, it's, it, it, for those interested, it was a, a, a shit ton better than what the USFL was putting out there last year based on week one. Okay. It looked it looked and felt a lot more like real football. I will take your word for it. You are the only person I know who's watching XFL. <laughs> you are, therefore, the foremost XFL expert in my life. There you go. <laughs> um, I will finish with a bet in a sport that I don't follow, uh, but I trust some of our writers who follow sports I don't. And uh, Chris Altruda seems to know his college hoops. And he made a compelling case a few weeks ago 
for why the St. Mary's Gales were a nice live semi-long shot to make a tournament run. Probably not all the way to the title, but after editing Chris's piece, I was convinced plus 1,400 to reach the final four was great value, and I should have bet it then. I didn't. Uh, They beat Gonzaga. They've mostly kept winning. They're now ranked number 15 in the country, and their odds to reach the final four are as low as plus 700, though FanDuel still has them at plus 850. So obviously we will take that price and risk $50 to win 425, and we have our first final four bet in, and uh, perhaps I'll even watch a college basketball game before March Madness begins. Probably not, but but maybe. Like if I'm flipping channels and St. Mary's is playing, I'll uh, stop and watch them for a minute or two. Flipping channels? What, what year is this? <laughs> we've, we've established that I'm old and washed. I do still right. flip channels sometimes. <laughs> All right, and that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. And thanks again to this week's guest, Senator Joseph Atabo. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow US Bets at US underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, I stole your ranting microphone last week, but now I hand it back. Please take us out. You know, I, I've been very impressed with Ohio, generally speaking. Their sports betting rollout has it's been a delight. And, you know, I got to be honest, I'm getting a little kick every time they find an operator for bad behavior. So, you know, all good, Ohio. Real proud of you. But then the other day, you inexplicably banned betting on my favorite sport currently, the XFL. I mean, what what the hell, Ohio? Like, why were you doing this? Like, no real reason was given. I mean, XFL's got all their ducks in a row. They've got data deals. Every other state's allowing it. Maybe do you have something against The Rock? Is, is that it, Ohio? <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Ohio. Get your act together on this before I lay it to smack it down on your candy ass. Do you smell what Diamond Jeff is cooking? I'm raising my eyebrow at you, and I'm asking you plainly, for the love of the people's elbow, let the good people of Ohio gamble on. Gamble on.